Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I am so glad that you have joined us today. If you are a part of our Lighthouse Church family, we would love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Church NC or online at lighthousechurchnc.org. We want to get you plugged into a connect group or on the dream team so that you are doing life together with people just like you. We hope you enjoyed today's message and stay tuned for more announcements at the end of our podcast. All right, now let's get into our sermon series today. Let's get ready for the fourth and final installment of Teach Us to Pray. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, I got one verse that I want to read to you. It's on verse 18. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. If you've got your Bible on your phone, you can bring out your phone at this time. Or if you want, you can... Read the Bible on the screens. And I'm going to come back to this verse. This was the verse that I read as we started this series. When we started Teach Us to Pray, this is the scripture that I read. And we're going to come back to it as we also close this series. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And we're going to finish this series talking about the thought, praying in the Spirit. Would you look at your neighbor and tell him praying in the Spirit? Do me a favor. Let's pray together one last time, and then I'm going to seat you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that you were doing in this house. We thank you, God, because your presence is here. We felt you throughout our worship service. We felt you, Lord God, as literally from the moment that we pulled into this parking lot, you've been here. You've met us here. And, Father, now we just pray that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive your word. We just pray, Father, now that you would speak to us. Our spirits are willing to receive what you have for us today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one last time, and you may be seated. We're going to be talking about praying in the spirit. As we began this series, we were talking about setting a pace of prayer in our lives. In the month of August, we're, we're shifting because now, man, whether you like it or not, I mean, Christmas is coming. If you've been to Hobby Lobby already, you heard the music and the decorations. It's almost ungodly how early they bring that stuff out. But um, before you know it, it's going to be Christmas. But I wanted to really finish this year um, getting that getting that um, that energy back that we typically start our years with and, and re-engaging, reconnecting with God's plans for us because there's something about hitting that halfway point in the year when you were like saying, you know, this is the year I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Well, come on now, you got about five more months left, okay? Let's hit it. Let's hit those goals. And so I wanted to recalibrate everyone and refocus everyone, and I really felt like the best way we could do it was to bring us back to prayer. And over the last two weeks, I've been talking about different plans of prayer. We talked about the Lord's Prayer. We talked about the Tabernacle Prayer. And if you've been wondering, man, how do I go deeper in prayer? How do I go longer in my prayer? There's some people that feel really guilted, although you shouldn't, but there's people that feel really guilted about, you know, not getting past five minutes of prayer, I, I hopefully gave you some plans that would help you to, to prolong prayer and to, to, to get deeper into your prayer and to just season you in your prayer life. So you can go back and catch that on the podcast or on YouTube and catch up with some of those plans. But today, I want to talk to you about praying in the Spirit because this is literally a topic all over the Bible. And if you're not careful, you might have read through it and not caught it. But it's something that we are encouraged to do, and it's different than praying. The Bible talks about praying many, many times, but it also talks about praying in the spirit and it's two entirely different things in many of your bibles it might might even say pray in the spirit with a capital p and a capital s to to really highlight the fact that this is different this isn't like praying before you 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 eat your meal before you're about to go in on that double double animal style and you you say that quick little prayer because you're hungry as can be that let's talk about that prayer I'm, i'm talking about praying in the spirit 
I'm not talking about the, the, the prayer that you do with your kid at bedtime. How many of you parents pray with your kids at bedtime? Special little prayers, right? I'm not talking about a different type of prayer. I'm talking about praying in the spirit. I'm not talking about the type of prayer that you pray when you're trying to get ahead in your career at work or you're trying to ask God to, to fix your marriage. I'm talking about something just a little deeper. I'm talking about praying in the spirit. And so I want you to get this today. I want you to really grasp this truth, this truth that God has called us to pray in the spirit. So the first thing I want you to write down is this. Number one, we must pray in the spirit. We must pray in the spirit. I'm going to take you through some scriptures so you can see that. The first one is Jude chapter 1, verse 20. I have a son named Jude. It's a cool name. Um, Hispanics struggle with Jude, but the Caucasians, they just love it. I don't know why. Just, you know, just commentary for you all. But, but, but Jude is, is uh, that's my second born. Uh, Jude one twenty. it says, but you, but you, dear brothers, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. Did you catch that? We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. Now, I've talked about this over the past few weeks, but let me, let me bring you back to this topic and to this thought that there's our prayers, and then there's the prayers that God wants us to pray, and they're different. Did you catch that there? There's the prayers that, that, that God needs for us to pray. Too many times our, our prayers are focused on us, and God's trying to get our attention to shift and to think about what's happening in the world around us. We, we, we talked about in Chronicles how the Bible teaches us, and it says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray. And, and there was this call to get the people to start praying. And what it was talking about is like, I want you to, uh, and, and if they would begin to pray, then I will heal, for, then I will hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. Now, how many of you would agree that, that our country needs some healing? How many of you going to agree that our country is going through a lot of pain right now? There's a lot of pain happening because of social injustice. There's a lot of pain happening because of hate. There's a lot of pain happening because of mourning with the, the crazy things that are going on with, 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 um, with mass murders. Our country needs a lot of prayer. But as long as you're just praying for God to give you a boo thing, you're never going to start praying for the country. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes our prayers are, God, I want, give me the big car with the big rims, and God, if you would do it for me, then I promise you I'll be a good Christian. A really self-centered prayer. God, I, I, God if, you would, if you would just bless me with, with some more money, I promise I'll start giving to the church. If you, I just can't give it right now because your expenses are all out of control like it's God's fault that you're pumping $50 a week in Starbucks. God's like, man, that's on you right there. I got to come fix your Starbucks habit. I mean, come on now. And so sometimes that's the way we pray. Sometimes that's the way we come to God as if he's some genie in the sky. And, and, and that's why I believe that the Bible says sometimes we don't know what God really wants us to pray for. Because we will get so caught up praying for superficial things that God's like, can you see the hurting around you? 
Can you see the pain around you? Can you see the brokenness around you? When will you start praying for the things that break my heart? When will you start praying for the things that are in need down the street from you? When will you begin to pray for the things that are really hurting me? Now, this is not to, to make light of your situation. By all means, if there's brokenness in your life, call out to God for those things. But if we're not careful, sometimes we find ourselves praying for the wrong things. Praying for things that God's like, are we really still here? Are we really still having a conversation about this? And sometimes we find ourselves praying for things that God already gave you an answer to. You just didn't like the answer. God, I want a new job. And God's like, I put you there to be a witness. And you're literally trying to pray out of a place that I put you into. Deal with it. You're there and be the light that I called you to be. And so when we don't know what to pray for, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will begin to pray for us. So what you have to do is allow the Spirit of God living on the inside of you to begin to pray for you. Are you tracking with me so far? Paul said it this way. There is times when I don't know what to pray for, so I let the Holy Spirit do the talking. How many ever had a conversation with someone, might have been a coworker, or a conversation here at church, and you began to talk and you began to quote scriptures that you didn't even know you had memorized? You're like, dude, I didn't even know that I had that verse in me. And you start giving yourself counsel that you're like unqualified to give. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know that. I mean, like, that, that was really good. That's what it's like when the Holy Spirit takes over. That's what it's like when the spirit on the inside of you begins to speak on your behalf. That's what it's like when we begin to say, God, I'm going to let the spirit do the talking. And in your prayer, if you've ever gone to this place where you've been in your prayer with God and you, you ran out of things to say, that's usually the clue for you to stop praying and let the Holy Spirit take over. That's usually the time for you to stop praying and let the spirit of God that's living on the inside of you begin to pray to the Father. And so you got to approach prayer, and it's okay to literally pause in your prayer and say, now, Father, I want your spirit that's living on the inside of me to start praying. And watch the things that come out of your mouth. Watch the things that you start praying for. Watch the things that start coming out as you begin to let the Holy Spirit on the inside of you begin to guide your prayer time. You will begin to start praying for things that are really important. You'll begin to start praying for things that really, really matter. You'll begin to start praying in a way that's different than your normal prayer, and you're beginning to see needs that you didn't even know were in need, but the Spirit of God on the inside of you knows the prayers that God wants you to pray. And so the Spirit of God on the inside of you begins to pray the prayers of the Father, the things that He needs you to pray for. Because there is this alignment that happens when the will of heaven is now manifest here on earth. That's why the, the Lord's prayer says, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we, we want heaven to match earth. I had my hands backwards there. On earth as it is in heaven. I don't know if you caught that. Dyslexic. Yeah. Anyway, um, we, we, we want, the, we, when we can get our prayers in sync with heaven, imagine that for a second. When we can get our prayers here on earth to look like the prayers that are happening here in heaven, there is nothing that God won't do for us. Too many times our prayers are so out of sync with heaven and we're wondering why God's not doing it for us. He's not obligated to do what you want. He's obligated to do his will. And he's going to let his will be done here on earth. And so you've got to let your spirit on the inside of you start to do the talking to God. As I said a minute ago, sometimes it's your spirit on the inside of you that will start talking to others for you. And you'll be giving out counsel that you didn't even know you were qualified to give. It is a supernatural enabling of God on the inside of you. And this is why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. 
This is why it's not enough just to say, I have a relationship with God. Everyone got a relationship with God. I mean, everyone believes in God, but is his spirit living on the inside of you? Have you welcomed the spirit of God on the inside? You've got to welcome him. And today, if you've not done that, we're going to do that at the conclusion of our service. You've got to ask God, I want your spirit to come and live on the inside of me. That's not something that just happens by accident. The Bible says that he stands at the door and he knocks. But if you're not opening that door, Holy Spirit's not going to come on the inside of you. Every single time that I get up here to preach, I pray, God, I'm going to preach. I'm going to say everything that I've studied to say. I'm going to deliver everything that I prepared to deliver. But there are things that your word, there are things that your spirit are going to do in the lives and the hearts of people that my words can't do. Sometimes I'll be preaching to someone will be like, at the end of the service, they'll be like, Pastor, when you said this and you said this and you said this. And I'm like, man, I didn't say that. But it was the Holy Spirit knocking on the door to their hearts. And so there's what they hear and then there's what the spirit is saying to them. That's why you can walk away. You, some of you are going to walk away from the sermon by the time it's done, and, and, and Pastor Phil's going to walk away with something different than Pastor Joe's walking with because the Holy Spirit's receiving at that moment. And the Spirit of God is working in your life. We all need the Spirit of God. Can you say that? Say, we all need the Spirit. We all need the Spirit of God. And I want, this is something that I think is, is, is super good. I want you to write this down. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. You need to get that. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit living on the inside of me makes me a better person. It makes me better. Not to be better than anyone else, but to just be better than me. To just be better than me. I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I grew up in that background where we had powerful services. I mean, they had to be powerful because they were really long if they weren't powerful, we'd get bored really fast. So they had to be powerful, okay? But, I mean, we were so, so distinguished by that. We, we've got power. We've got power. We're better than everyone else. That's not what the Holy Spirit's for. The Holy Spirit's not for you to spiritually flex on people. The Holy Spirit is for you to be better. The Holy Spirit's there to make you a better husband to your wife. He's there to make you a better wife to your husband. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you to make you a better father to your children. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you to, watch this now, to make you a better employee. You're like, oh, man, I thought I had to turn that thing off when I went to work. <laughs> There's a place where you really needed some of you. It's at work. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you is not to make you better than other people. It's to make you better than yourself. We all need the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. So there are times in my prayer where I will stop praying with my mind and I'll allow the Holy Spirit to do the talking. And I'll allow the Holy Spirit to do the talking. So some of you might be asking, so what exactly does that look like? Next thing that I want you to write down. When I pray in the Spirit, I pray for what I don't know that I need. When I pray in the Spirit, I pray for what I don't know that I need. Anybody ever done risk analysis in here? Maybe through work, where you work, you ever done risk analysis? All right, where are my risk analysis folks? Okay, you ever, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say this. We talk about, they, 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 they use this term, well, what are the unknowns, right? And you're always trying to be, always trying to watch your blind side. What are our unknowns? And then I never really got this because my, my background's in corporates and business. And then they'd say this, well, what are the unknown unknowns? And I'm like, man, I'm so confused now. You hear that when you're doing risk analysis. What are the unknown unknowns? You, what? How do we even quantify that? Um, but but th that, that's how we can go through life. We can go through life not even realize that we've got a great big need in our life. 
There are unknowns in our life. But the Bible says that the spirit knows. Let's go to Romans 8, 26. I read the first part of it, and we're going to finish it, okay? The first part of it, I just read it, so it's going to sound familiar. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. Come on, somebody say for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I'm going to pause right there. I got more to say, but I'm going to stop right there. We get to a point in prayer when you're one asking, okay, pastor, let the Holy Spirit pray through me. How do I do that? Some of that is in natural words. And then Paul talks about something else. He says, I get to a place in my prayer where I'm not even talking anymore, but I'm just groaning before God. I'm just crying before God. I'm just weeping before God. I, it, it makes sense to absolutely no one, but the spirit that is on the inside of me is in this place where I'm just connecting with my Father, is there anyone that's ever been there before in your prayers? How I many you know what I'm talking about? You get to a place where you don't know what to pray, but the spirit that's on the inside of you is now praying. And this is why you've ever been in a worship service and you've seen someone crying. You're like, what's wrong with them? Why are they crying? Their spirit is talking to the Father. There's sometimes in a worship service where people are raising their voice and, and maybe they're shouting in victory. And you're like, maybe you didn't grow up in a church like that. You, you grew up in a church where people are a little more reserved and you come into a church like this and people are loud and they're clapping and they're yelling and the lights are going. What is all of that about? We're allowing our spirit on the inside of us to connect with our Father. Because how many know that our spirit begins to pray for what we don't know that we need to pray for? And I've learned this. You cannot judge another person's prayer unless you've walked in their shoes. You can't judge another person's prayer Unless you've walked in their shoes. If you've ever seen someone just chasing after God in a worship service. If you've ever seen someone chasing after God in prayer. You don't know what's happening at their home. You don't know what's happening in their marriage. You don't know what's happening in their children. But yet the spirit of God that's on the inside of them is connecting with the Father. Paul is saying there are moanings and groanings that nobody understands. But God understands it. God understands it. You can't judge another person's praise and their worship unless you fought their battles. You can't judge someone else's praise unless you fought their battles. Why is that guy jumping around stage all the time? And why are they lifting their hand? Why are they so expressive? Because God has done something big in my life. And I just wholeheartedly believe that if God has done something big for me, I ought to let him know. I mean, football season is starting. People do a lot of wild things for a football team. Painting their bodies. You do know that the word fan is short for fanatic. So people turn into fanatics at this time of year. It's football season. I, I had someone say, Pastor, uh, football season starting. We're going to do a night service. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, man, you can actually make sure your priorities going to have to do, man. So I break it to you. Like they do have like DVRs, you know. You can. Is TiVo still a thing? No, huh? You can go back and replay that thing. And, and it's like, okay, I just check it, Pastor. You know, it is football season. And that's how we get, right? We lose our minds. You ever seen someone just absolutely lose their mind? And then they want to come into worship. Why are you losing your mind? Are you kidding me? You're telling me I'm losing my mind? 
I'm, I'm losing my mind for a God that brought me out of a hole. I'm getting excited about a God who did the impossible in my, those players out there did nothing for you. They don't know your name. They don't know your struggle. They don't know what you've been through, and yet you do all of that for them. And you're telling me a God that saved your marriage and the God that saved your kid and the God that healed your body and the God that did something for you that nobody thought was possible doesn't deserve a shout, doesn't deserve a praise, doesn't deserve joy, doesn't deserve happiness, doesn't deserve for us to just let him know that we love him. You can't judge someone's praise unless you've walked through their shoes. You can't judge them when the spirit on the inside of us takes over. You cannot judge another person's praise if you've not seen their struggles, if you've never seen the things that they've had to overcome. And this is what Paul is talking about when he says, when we pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, let me finish the verse. And the father who knows all hearts. Man, if you had a Bible, you should be circling that right there. Who knows all hearts. Aren't you glad that God knows your hearts? Aren't you glad that God knows your heart? Because, again, I, I, I did grow up in a church where we had a lot of power because it was really long and we had to keep ourselves entertained. And... and and, and, and I've been around long enough to see some things that were kind of wild. And you're just like, dude, is that even the right thing? God knows the hearts. Just let, how many of you know that it's just better just let God be God and let him do the stuff on the inside? So the Bible says he, he knows all hearts and he knows what the spirit is saying. And the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That's another thing you should be circling in your Bible. With God's own will. He, so the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. When he begins to talk to God, when our spirit on the inside of us begins talking to the Father, God knows exactly what we are saying. And this is the beautiful thing. This is why you've got to let your spirit pray. Because when you let your spirit pray, it prays in harmony with God's will. You see, oftentimes in our flesh, we're not praying in harmony with God's will. We're praying for the girl and God's like, I ain't going to give her to you. She's cute, but I got someone else for you. You're, you, maybe you're praying for a job, and God's like, I, that's not my plan for you. That's not what I have for you. I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, he made a decision recently to, to leave his job and, and, and go into full-time ministry. And he was telling me how he got a call from the competitor of the company that he used to work for, and they offered him a great base salary and, uh, and of course, commissions on top of that. And he went to go tell his wife, I got this job. And his wife says something that just, like, slapped him in the face. He goes, well, I mean, if you actually want to consider something that's outside of God's will for your life, then think about it. He was like, <laughs> dropped the mic, walked away. It's like, okay. And, and, and so when the Holy Spirit prays for us, it's praying in harmony with God's will. When you Listen, when you don't know what to pray for, have you ever been there before? Where you've got like these two options and you're like, they're both good. I mean, if I go here, it's good. If I go here, it's good. I can't discern which one is God. Start praying in the Spirit. Start praying in the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit prays in harmony with God's will. And now you're going to be praying for the thing that God wants for you to pray for. When we pray in the Spirit, no one knows around us. But the Bible says the Father knows what the Spirit is saying. That brings us to the next one. Write this one down. Praying in the Spirit is talking directly to God. Praying in the Spirit is talking directly. Everybody say directly. That, that, that's such a cool thing right there. That, I mean, 
talking directly to God. Think about that. The access that we have to him, that we can talk directly to him and no one else will know or no one else knows what we are praying for. But God knows. And now your prayer is in harmony with his will. I want to read a passage of scripture to you that that kind of talks about what it is to pray in the spirit and what we believe. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter two. And I'm going to read the first four verses, the book of Acts chapter two. Uh, beginning of verse one, and I'm going to take us all the way down to verse four. Follow along with me. And it says on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and it settled on each of them. And every person present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability and so we believe here at this church we still have our roots we are a pentecostal apostolic church and our roots really come back to this phenomenon that happened here in the book of acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 because the bible says that prior to this jesus told his disciples just before ascending into heaven you're going to go to jerusalem you're going to pray and you're going to wait and i'm going to fill you with my holy spirit and they were like Cool. We don't know what that is, but we got you. The Bible says about 500 people went to this room to pray and wait because Jesus was sending his Holy Spirit to them. And as the days went on, some people began to leave. And as the days went on, more people began to leave. They started with 500. By the time they got to that day, there was only 120 people left in the room. About good 380 checked out. They said, deuces, we're out. I don't understand what the Spirit is, but we can't hang around here no more. It's getting crazy outside. So they left. And then the Bible says here that when the Holy Spirit finally fell and it filled every person in that room, the Bible says that they began to speak in other languages or what we call speaking in tongues. They began to speak in other languages and they began to speak in tongues. And this was something that Jesus said that he would give them and that would fill them. And I know if you've never been exposed to this, you're like, okay, they literally spake, spoke in other languages. Absolutely. And I'm going to show you some more verses in our Bible which talks to this. And what happened is when the Holy Spirit fell on the inside of them, he supernaturally enabled them to speak in other languages so that they could reach people around them. Because what was happening in Jerusalem at that time is Jews that were scattered all over the world at that time came to Jerusalem for the Passover, they they came back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover together. So they're coming from all over the world and, and they, 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 they bunker down in Jerusalem. But because they're scattered all over the world, they speak other languages. Hebrews, not their native tongue and neither was Greek. And so they come to Jerusalem and it's just now this this melting pot of people from all over the world, different cultures and different customs. But God needed to get his word out. So he poured his spirit on the inside of those 120. And as they began to pray in other tongues, people began to hear their language. They began to get the gospel message of Jesus in their own tongue. God supernaturally enabled them to speak in an unknown language to reach others. And God did it for that time. I want to read another passage of scripture. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Paul says this is speaking in tongues. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. You should be underlined my spirit in the Bible. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying. Listen, when you pray in the spirit, 
so direct is your line with God. Remember I said you've got a direct line to God when you pray in the spirit. So direct is your line with God that you don't even know what you're praying for. That's the way Paul described it. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying and I don't even understand what I am saying. There is a direct connection that we have with God when we are praying in the spirit. Because we don't know what to pray for. So the Holy Spirit takes over. It may sound like moanings. It may sound like groanings. It may be in other tongues. But just know that you may not understand it, but God understands it. And you're praying the will of the Father here on earth. And you're praying a prayer that you don't know to pray for, but it's a prayer that you really need to be praying for. It's a prayer that you really need. And I, and, and when you pray in another tongues, this is an analogy that I've heard about. The, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, too, that one of the names for the enemy, Satan, our adversary, one of the names for him is that he's the prince of the power of the air. And so when you begin to pray in a natural prayer language, he can absolutely understand what you're saying. So he could attack the very thing you're praying for. How many ever s felt like the thing that you were praying for was being attacked in your life? Oftentimes, that's no coincidence. You see, the enemy, the Bible says that he knows exactly what he's doing. His job is to steal, steal kill, and destroy. And so the very thing you're praying for, he's going to go after. But when you pray in the spirit, he doesn't know what you're praying for. When you start praying in the spirit, he can't understand what you are saying. And so he can't attack the thing if he doesn't know where you're coming from. That's why when you're like, God, help me to develop my patience, all kinds of stuff comes against you. You're like, all right, I'm not praying for patience anymore. And so he will manipulate your prayers. But when you start praying, whether it's in tongues, whether it's in groanings, however it is that, that, that the Holy Spirit is praying through you, it's a direct line that you have for God where only he knows what is being prayed for. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Let me show you another scripture. Paul said it this way. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. That's another circle one right there. If you, if you guys didn't already catch it, I write all over my Bible, okay? Uh, so you'll be talking only to God, circle that, since people won't be able to understand you. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing right there. It's really weird how some people will take this scripture and try to flip it in a bad way, like it's a bad thing to talk directly to God and no one's going to understand you. That's a good thing. And then he says, then he goes on to say, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. Man, that's power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. So when you are praying in other tongues, for those of you that have that ability, for those of you that have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and God has now given you that gift of speaking in tongues, if you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so whether you're speaking in tongues or just calling out to God with groanings that cannot be uttered, you are talking to God, but you're not just talking to God. You're speaking by the power of the Spirit. Man, how many of you know that we could use a little more of God's power in our lives? I don't know about you, but I could use a whole lot of God's power in my life. I could use a whole lot of God's power. So when I talk to him in an unknown tongue, it's mysterious to other people, but God knows. And it's not just that God knows, but it's powerful in the sight of God because I am praying in the power of the Spirit. And so this is why I urge everyone in this place that you ought to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that you too receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never had this happen before, we will pray for you today. And it's something that you go on a journey. You ask God for. For some people, they ask God to fill them with his Holy Spirit and say, God, I want it like they had it in the Bible. And God will fill you instantaneously. For some people, it's a journey. And it's something that you're going to pray for. And it takes some time. Wherever you are in that is where you are. This is the thing that I do know. It's a gift. And gifts come when they come. Okay? You can't manipulate a gift. All right? So because it is a gift, it means it's something that only God can give you. So you pray for this. You pray, God, I want this ability. But just know that when you do that, you're talking directly to God. And again, if it's not tongues, it may just be groanings that can't be uttered. 
It's just talking to your father in a way that only he understands. Are y'all tracking with me so far? Y'all doing amazing. I'm just about done. So this is why I urge everyone here to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I urge all of you to chase after this gift of speaking in tongues because I believe that it is for everyone and it supernaturally enables you to talk to the Father. It supernaturally enables you to talk directly to the Father. But there is one caution that I do want to take you to. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. Because how many know that sometimes too much of a good thing can be a bad thing? Let me just prove it to you. If you eat too much ice cream, eventually it's bad for you. <laughs> Guys, can track it with me now? Sometimes a good thing, too much of it, wrong time, could be a bad thing. Ice cream for breakfast, not a good thing, all right? Dessert, it's a good thing, all right? 1 Corinthians 14, 18 says this. Paul talking, same guy, Paul says this. And Paul was sometimes real boastful, and he said it like this. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Okay, Mr. Humble, all right? He's like, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But then he says this, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Now, some people have taken that to mean you shouldn't speak in tongues. Did you just read what Paul said? <laughs> Paul said, man, I, I do it all. I do it more than all of you guys. And other parts, and I don't have time to unpack all of it, but it's a good read. First Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says, I pray in the spirit. I sing in the spirit. This guy was like so ninja with his tongues, he was composing songs, okay? And he was like letting you know, I sing in the spirit. Okay, Paul, we got you, humble. Chill out with that, all right? But then he does offer this caution because he's talking to the church in Corinth. Next, next year, just because we've got this year mapped out, next year I'm going to preach a message called Hot Mess. And it's going to be all about the church in Corinth because the church in Corinth was a hot mess. So the reason Paul was writing all of this was he was having to straighten out all kinds of stuff. And how many know that sometimes church can turn into a mess if you're not careful? Why? Because there's people in the church and people are broken. Right? And so Paul tells them, hey, listen, listen, I'm glad y'all are speaking in tongues. And for the record, I do it more than all of you. But listen, when you get together in a meeting, like, you really want to talk to people in words that they understand. Why? Because praying in the Spirit is a direct line between you and God. It doesn't mean no good to get in a microphone start rattling off in tongues. And Jasmine's going to be like, what is wrong with him? Because she can't understand a word that I'm saying. And so when you pray in the spirit, you got to do it at an appropriate time. And when you're praying in the spirit, you pray in a place and in a way that you're not going to bother people around you that may not have been taught the way you've just been taught, the way you've just heard it today. Praying in the spirit is something that God wants us to do, something that he wants for us. It's a gift that he's given to us to directly talk to the Father. I think about that for a second. Think about that for one second. Because we know that the wages of sin, the penalty of sin is what? Thank you. Death. That's, that's what Paul said. Paul said, for the wages of sin is death. He's saying, if you go down a sinful lifestyle, man, your reward's going to be death. That, that, that's it. There's no other way around it. If you live your life wild and out of control, man, there's only one thing that's going to wait you, and that's death. And God is so good to us. It's like he gave us a two-way radio, and he said, here hit this channel, and when you talk to this channel, only I'm going to be listening to you. That's how good God is. And you want, can I add a little something to that? He gives it to you no matter what your background is. He doesn't qualify people. He's not like, let's see how good they've been. Okay, you get a radio, and, and you get a radio. No, no, he said, this is available to anyone that asks. If you want it, I'm going to give it to you. All you've got to do is ask. And today, for those of you that are never prayed in the Spirit, 
For those of you that are hearing this for the first time, my prayer for you is that you would ask God, God, fill me with your spirit. I need your spirit on the inside of me. I need to be filled with the power of your spirit so I can pray the way that you want me to pray. So I pray the prayers that matter so that I have the power to be better than me. I'm not trying to be better than my coworker. I'm not trying to be better than my cousin with this awkward rivalry that I have with. I just want to be a better version of me. So, God, I need your spirit on the inside of me. I need your Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. And for those of you that have it, when you clap your hands and just thank God for his spirit living on the inside of you. Come on, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, how many of you grateful to have his spirit living on the inside of you? I want you to close your eyes right there and let's lean in. We're going to pray right now. Would you right there, just as you're seated, just, just close your eyes, just lean in, just prepare your heart right now, and, and let's just begin to talk to our Father. Just pray right there. Some of you already, if you want to start praying, just say, God, just I want to pray in the spirit right now. Go ahead. And we're just going to take a moment right now. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done in this house. And I thank you, God, for what you are doing. And I thank you, God, because over the last 21 days we've been on this journey of prayer. But, God, we cannot neglect this and all that we've learned. Because, God, you're not just looking for a church that has a form of godliness. You're looking for a church that has power. And your word says that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're praying by the power of the Spirit. So we are filled with power when the Spirit is praying for us. When the Spirit is making intercession for us, we are filled with your power. It's power that enables us to live better. It's power that enables us to be better. It's power that enables us to be more available to you. It's power that enables us to do things here on earth that we would never be able to do aside from you. And so, Father, we yield to your Spirit now. And, Father, we invite your Spirit into our hearts now. We need you now. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.